Good morning. It's Pastor Furman here. ABU, what's up? Shout out to Love Thy Neighbor, Pastor Ruben and everybody. How's everybody doing? I hope y'all doing well. Y'all ready to receive a word today? A um, couple of things to be on the lookout is um, we'll be partnering with Love Thy Neighbor on, let me see what the date is. On the 22nd, be at O.L. Slayton, helping with the trunk or treat there. On the 29th, be helping with the trunk or treat at the Children's Home of Lubbock. So if you're interested in volunteering and serving, please let us know. And next month, we're planning to have baptisms. And so, got some cool things going on. Also, every Sunday, uh, Love Thy Neighbor goes out to the Children's Home and helps uh, serve a meal and fellowship and just pour into those kids. And if you're interested in being a part of that, let me know. I'll get you with Pastor Ruben and we'll get you plugged in. All right. But I'm excited for today. Uh, you see, when I was young in my faith, I used to hear how God was working in other people's life. And let's be real. Sometimes I would get frustrated. I'd be like, man, God, I, I see what you're doing over there. How come I don't see you moving in my life in the same way? Like, I got you told me to go and do this, but I'm not seeing you in that. And I think like any good father does, they're patient with us. Right. Um, but really, it's like he set me down and he had a moment that brought some clarity and, and just some something that I needed to hear in that moment. And he was just like, yo, man, the reason you can't see me in the work is because you're not giving me a chance to work. You're trying to do it all in your own power. So I say that because today's message is called Watch Him Work. When we move out of God's way, we can see Him work in our lives in ways that are beyond our abilities and ways that leave us just amazed, okay? We're going to be in Zechariah uh, chapter 4, reading verses 1 through 10. And uh, man, I, I want to pray. We'll read the word, and then I'll give you some context of who Zechariah is and kind of how all this ties in. But I hope you're ready because I'm ready. So let's let's meet with God and just pray with him right now. And just, uh, Father, we invite you in right now. Um, man, uh, it's so cool to know that you're a God that wants to meet with us. And I pray that we would be excited to meet with you. And that this wouldn't be the only time that we would meet with you on a Sunday or even throughout the week. Um, but we will take advantage of, man, just different opportunities throughout the day and spend them with you. And through this, Lord, our relationship with you would grow in ways that are needed, um, in ways that are helpful, in ways that impact your kingdom. And so, Lord, would you speak to us tonight? Uh, would you give us each a word? And would your will be done in our life? And, man, will we move out of the way and just let you do a work? And so, Father, I just thank you for this. I thank you that, uh, man, you can use any of us, even beyond our limitations or capabilities, Father. It can't stop what you can do. And so, Lord, uh, I just pray for mighty works to be done in your name, not only in my life and in our church's life, but in every person um, that comes seeking you and builds a relationship with you. So, Father, we just love you and we thank you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Zechariah chapter 4, reading verses 1 through 10. Let's jump in. 
It says, Then the angel who had been talking with me returned and woke me as though I had been sleeping. What do you see now? He asked. I answered, A solid gold lampstand with a bowl of oil on top of it. And around the bowl are seven lamps, each having seven spouts with wicks. And I see two olive trees, one on each side of the bowl. And then I asked the angel, What are these, my lord? What do they mean? Don't you know? The angel asked. No, my lord, I replied. Then he said to me, This is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, May God bless it! May God bless it! Then another message came from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Do not despise the small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. Okay, so just some context so you kind of understand how this plays in. Zechariah was a prophet, okay? So this is somebody that God would speak to and give a message to go back and deliver um, to the Israelites. And at this time, the Israelites were just free from captivity. They were able to return home. And Zerubbabel is now the governor, and he's supposed to uh, not only help them get reestablished, but help see uh, the temple that was once where they all worshipped and made sacrifices get rebuilt, And so they're in a season uh, of going back home, but also in a season of rebuilding and trying to reestablish things um, that Haggai took from them. That was a lot of it was their own fault. And some of it was more than what they asked for. So maybe you can relate to being in a new season, a season of rebuilding. And when you're in that type of season, it's one that comes with many challenges. It's one that you could often find yourself uh, discouraging, struggling in. But I pray that today's message would allow you to see God work through your situation, but also, man, that you would find encouragement in this season that you're in. It's the first thing that we see here is we gain God's sight through God's voice. We gain God's sight. Okay, we're able to see things in God's way, perspective and all these different things when we're able to gain God's voice. In verse one, it says, then the angel who had been talking with me returned and woke me as though I had been asleep. What do you see now? He asked. Hmm. You see, before we even get to the question that the angel had asked Zachariah or even Zachariah's response, did you notice the work that God had already been doing? In that first sentence, what did it say? The angel who had been talking to him returned. See, at this point, this is already the fifth prophecy, the fifth message that an angel from the Lord had already came to deliver to Zechariah. And what we see here is, what did he say? It was the same angel he had already been having a conversation with. You see, God has the ability to deliver his messages in multiple ways, right? He can do it in different ways when he wants to speak directly to us. Uh, but he also know what is the easiest, what is going to be the best way to communicate with us so that we, we can receive it and truly grasp what he wants us to know. And what we see here is uh, he knows how we are, that we don't trust people easily, that we don't take advice from strangers seriously. Um, so what does he do? He didn't send a stranger, right? This wasn't a new angel. It was one that had already built a relationship with Zechariah because whenever we have a relationship with somebody, What happens over time, 
is our walls go down and our trust goes up, right? We're able to listen better, to focus better, uh, really process what is being shared with us. And it's the same with our relationship with Jesus. Uh, the more consistent that we are, it will bring familiarity, helping us develop trust that receives what is being shared. And, and what we see here also is, man, it said he woke him up as though I was sleeping. He's like, man, like, it's, it's crazy because sometimes we're not even aware of the state that we're in until God speaks to us in a way that reveals it. You see, consistency brings familiarity. Familiarity creates trust and trust helps us receive what God reveals. Amen. The next verse, verse two through three, it says, I answered. I see a golden lampstand with a bowl of oil on top of it. Around the bowl are seven lamps, each having seven spouts with wicks. And I see two olive trees, one on each side of the bowl. Mm. Have you ever, uh, you know, answered a question that was being asked and you kind of felt weird uh, for saying the response, right? Like, man, I don't know how they're going to receive this. They're, they're probably going to think I'm crazy when I share what God revealed to me. Uh Man, I, I get it. I've had those moments. I still have those moments a lot of times. Uh, it could be awkward, right? It could, it could uh, almost make you feel embarrassed or make you feel like you're not on the right page. But I want you to know what God shows you is meant for you, okay? Meaning, He's not going to reveal something uh, for you to you for no reason. It's going to have meaning. It's going to have a purpose. There's reasoning behind what He's showing you. And it doesn't always mean that you're going to understand it or even the people that you're sharing with are going to catch a vision or love it. Um, sometimes that message is just meant for you. And sometimes that message is meant for everybody else. And it's going to bring encouragement because it's going to make sense to them. OK, so I, I want you to know that because God is thoughtful and intentional in what he does and how he does it. OK, we just have to trust what he shows us and follow his lead. And the other thing that we see from this is, man, just as he Zechariah is explaining what we see, we see how grand and how large this vision is. Often it's because, you know, God will give us a vision that is God's size because he knows that if he gives us a vision uh, that we could see ourselves accomplishing, then oftentimes we're going to push him to the side and trying to do it in our own power. And when we do that, it, it's kicking him to the curb and it's really messing up what he's trying to establish and what he's trying to get us to receive through what he's showing us. Because a God-sized vision can only be done by God himself. But this also ensures the credit, the glory, the spotlight, all of those things go to where they're supposed to. It goes to him and also that we receive what we're supposed to get out of it uh, so we don't miss the point, right? In verse 4, we see this. Then it says, Then the angel said, What are these, my Lord? What do they mean? Don't you know, the angel asked? No, my Lord, I replied. Now, you might read those sentences and, and it might not seem like much. It might just seem like a response. Uh, but when you allow God to speak, to be part of the conversation, it's always going to hit different. And sometimes we can be guilty of reading the word uh, like it's just another book or it's just another post on social media. Sometimes we can be guilty of praying at Jesus instead of praying with Jesus. And what, what I mean is uh, there's a huge difference um, Versus doing something and interacting with what you're doing, okay? Because we can read and say things all day long, but if it's one-sided and we're the ones doing everything, 
then we're not allowing God a chance to respond and be involved whenever we're trying to have this conversation. And you know, when you're having a conversation with somebody, it's two-sided, right? It's you sharing, it's you receiving, and it's it's likewise. So when we find ourselves being one-sided, man, what we're really doing is not having a conversation. We're just sharing what's on our mind. We're just announcing things uh, while also blocking and limiting what we're supposed to be receiving and and so I say that so we can make sure that we don't find ourselves in that situation of missing out on what God is trying to share with us. Because it happens. It happens. Sometimes we're just pouring out everything. We're pouring it out. And then we're moving on without allowing a God uh, a chance to speak to us and encourage us and, and just reveal some things that need to be shown to us. Um, because we can't uh, receive things uh, if we're just reading the Bible uh, like words on a page. Right? We're going to limit what we receive. We're going to limit what we receive if we're the ones doing all the talking and not allowing God to respond. But we see here is Zechariah interacted with the angel. He engaged in what was being shared with him so that way he could grasp it, so he could understand it, but he could also share it accurately. You see, when we engage with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, we can gain understanding. We can have it engraved in our heart, and it gives us the ability to share it accurately, to grasp it, to understand it, and to receive something. As much as we're pouring out, we get poured back in. So we gain God's sight through God's voice. And when our consistency matches His, we can receive more than what we share. Learning His will and His sight in the process that helps us follow through. Another thing that we see through this is God's spirit moves in our life, bringing God's movement. Okay. Verse five and six, it says, then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Church, that right there should be a praise bank. Hallelujah, right? Like, man, it's not by force. It's not by strength. It's by God's spirit that things that he asks us, that he leads us to are going to get accomplished. And that is wonderful, great news. Because if you're like me, man, you know your imperfections. You know your downfalls. And oftentimes God brings us to a place that we look at ourselves and we say, God, there is no way that I'm going to be able to accomplish what you're leading me to do. Like, I don't. I can't do that, Lord. I don't have the skills for it. Uh, man, I'm a jacked up person. All these different things start to come in your mind and rush to, to the forefront of you saying, there's no way, God, I can't do this. And God's saying, uh, duh, I, I know that I'm not asking you to do it in your strength. I'm telling you to take my spirit and allow it to work in you to accomplish these things. And that is such a huge blessing. And I'm sure it's the room bell and the Israelites, man. That they understand how we feel, how they looked at what was in front of them. They looked at themselves and then they became overwhelmed, right? And they started getting discouraged. Uh, they're like, oh man, God, I, just, I don't know how this is going to happen. But this is such encouragement, church. But God is just saying, look, your limitations aren't going to stop the work that I have for you. You know, your shortcomings isn't going to keep what I'm going to do in this moment, in this season. Because what does the world try to do? The world tries to convince us 
that what we have is never enough, that we're we're never going to get those things done, that we're always lacking, and that the solution is always found in, in a substitution that is always false. It looks real, but it's, it's further from the truth and it's never authentic. I mean, that's probably why we see uh, plastic surgery. There's so many knockoff things that there's a market for these things because we believe the lie that what we have isn't enough uh, with God's help to get the job done. And, and and it's something that is crippling. It's something that the world tries to embed in our minds so that way we can go depending on other things, believing that it's going to accomplish what we're missing. When the whole time God is like, look, it's me. I'm the one that's going to get this done. And all I'm asking you is to grab my hand and let me lead you and help you do this. So that is such a huge thing, man, that he's not asking us to do it in our abilities. But he's saying, hey, take mine, because not even the forces of your past or the strength of your sins can stop the work that I'm about to do in you and through you. Man, that is such good news. Not even the force of the enemy or the strength of the enemy can stop what God is wanting to do in you and through you. Because what do we say? It's not by force. It is not by strength, but it is through his spirit. And through his spirit, all things that are needed gets provided to get the job done. In verse 7, it says this. Nothing. Not even a mighty mountain will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, May God bless it. May God bless it. Amen. May God bless it, church. That's what I want you to learn today. Because the first word, what did he say? Nothing. Nothing. Not even a mighty mountain will stand in the way. Sometimes we're so shocked uh, by the answer that God gives us that he often is going to follow up with an example to answer the question before we even ask the question. Right. Uh, that's that's some patience with some impatient people. Um, that's what my brother uh, Reuben calls unmerited favor and grace when God is so kind to us that way. But he said nothing. It doesn't matter how mighty, how big our mountain is in front of us. Uh, what's in the way isn't going to stay in the way. Amen. And God won't just take care of it, man. He will have it in a place that it will seem like it didn't even exist to begin with. Because before him, it will only turn into another testimony of God's faithfulness. You see, before him, it will become a display of God's power. Before him, it will become a clear path uh, to the way of completion. Okay. So what's in front of us, it might be an obstacle. It might bring adversity. Uh, but it can't stop the inevitable. Okay. God will always come to do what he says he's going to do. Okay. And the only uh, highlight, I mean, this, this, what we go through what this mountain is going to do, it's only going to help us grow in ways that are need to be grown. And it's going to help highlight God's hand in our life. It's going to help uh, show God's power at work. And we never realize even the impact that it's going to have on the other people when they witness what we came across and what we're challenged with and how God brought us through it and how that is going to help bring encouragement and hope to them in their situation. And it's going to they say, dang, you know what? Maybe that God thing that they talking about is real. Maybe that Jesus thing, that fellow that they believe in, man, maybe that's what I'm missing. Maybe that's what I need to explore you see, because God's spirit in our life brings God's movement. And we will always fail when we're trying to force a movement or do it by our own strength. 
But when we allow the Holy Spirit to move in us and through us, man, nothing can stop God's will from being done. Third thing that we see from this is our obedience leads to completion. Okay, obedience leads to completion. Verse 8 and 9 says, Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will be the one to complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Mm. You see, God knows how it is when we're in the middle, we're in the process of doing what he asks, of how we can be discouraged, of how we can be distracted, we can get disengaged. We can look and we can be like, you know what, I'm kind of over this. I, I don't ever see this uh, getting done. I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm tired. I, I feel like I'm wasting my time, God, and, and I'm just, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Those things can start to come into us when we're in the middle of a situation that sometimes feel like it's never going to end. Okay, but God understands that and he wants to encourage us in it because he's not just at the finish line waiting for us. It's like, man, where are these kids at now? What does God do? He comes along right beside us and helps us throughout the journey to make sure that we get to the place that he is already trying to lead us. Mm, and man, that that is such encouragement because I man, I love how that verse he said, man, another message came. <laughs> man, he said, who laid the foundation will complete it. You see, God doesn't lead us to a place to leave us where we're going to fail and we're going to be worse off than we were when we started. Uh, God's saying, look, you're going to finish this job because I won't lead you not to. OK, he says you're going to complete it. Because when you allow me to work through you, I make you complete. Amen. And you will know how we get done because it's always going to point back to him. And he's saying, look, all I'm saying is follow me. Trust me. Handle my business. And you're going to watch how I'm going to move through the situation and bring it all the way around to completion. And on top of that, he's saying, look, man, you not only have to do the heavy lifting, I'm going to do the heavy lifting for you. All I'm saying is you do a small part and watch me move and do an even greater work. All he's saying is trust me and watch what happens. The next verse, verse 10, he says, do not despise the small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. I feel like the culture in the world that we live in today, it tries to get us to believe that unless what we do draws a lot of attention, then it really doesn't have value or it's really not impactful. Uh, and we're quick to disregard any progress that we make in, in the season when we're in the middle, we're in the process of where God is leading us uh, because we want to see the end result. We want to be at the end of this thing and we want other people to see it and, and notice it. So we begin not to notice the small things or, or overlook how God is working in the little things. And when you walk up a, a set of stairs, have you ever noticed that, uh, man, all the steps are equally portioned, right? It's not spaced in a way that you're making huge and giant steps. And it's the same thing when we're on a journey with God as he spreads things out so that we they're equally portioned. OK, that we don't burn ourselves out trying to stretch ourselves beyond our capabilities and beyond what we can do, because when we do that, what do we talk about? We're going to be trying to do it in our own strength. We're going to be trying to force a situation and doing that is going to burn us out. It's going to put us at risk to getting hurt in the process. It's going to have our energy just jacked up. 
and we don't realize that these small steps that he's asking us to be obedient in are going to add up to huge movements of him. But it's also going to give us the balance that we need to see the completion happen. And so uh, I'm sure even those that were working at the temple at this time were probably disheartened when they realized that even the temple that they're working on wasn't going to be like the one that they were known that they were used to. Right. It wasn't going to match that same uh, stature and the same size and the splendor and just all these things that they probably thought would make it better. But what we have to realize, and I'm sure what they realized when Zechariah shared with this is, man, what you do for God may seem small and insignificant at the time, but God rejoices in what is right. And it's not necessarily what is big, okay? Because the size of the job is far less important than the size of your faith. And being faithful in small opportunities and is what matters. And you're gonna, when you do that, you're going to watch it uh, add up to big results. Okay? So our obedience leads to completion. And God knows that, uh, man, what is needed, uh, He is always going to provide. And it's often going to be way beyond our capabilities and that's okay. It's supposed to be because then it helps us be dependent on him and not on ourselves. So that way he's getting the credit. We're receiving what we're supposed to from God. And we're not making the situation about ourselves or we're not hurting ourselves in the process. Because that's what we do. We like to jump into something and then get it right in God's way and push him to the side and go head full of steam and then be upset. We're like, ah, man, God, this is this sucks. This is stressful. And God's like, well, why are you doing all that? Like, I didn't tell you to do all that. I came, I told you to join me, to help me, but I didn't tell you to lift all those things. Like, I was going to do the heavy lifting. I, I wanted you to take care of this little portion right here, but you want to take on the whole thing and then get mad at me for, for what you decided to choose. He's like, no, listen to what I'm telling you, okay? And when we do that, man, we receive the end results and also so many good things throughout the process. So my challenge for all of us, move out the way, okay? Let God work. Let God work. How do we do it? Man, it starts by gaining his sight through his voice. What do we talk about? Our consistency in meeting with him, it helps us grow our ability to listen. And it keeps us from doing uh, all the talking and allowing God to reveal what needs to be seen. And when we let uh, the Holy Spirit move in our life, we can experience God's movement and this keeps us from depending on ourselves and helps us lean on God. And by doing this, man, nothing, let me say that again, nothing, not even the mighty mountains that come against us, that come in front of us, uh, can stop us. But instead, they become a resource to help us get to where God is leading us because our obedience leads to fulfilling God's assignment and God allows us to join in this work. And often, man, uh, he won't... Uh, Often uh, what he asks won't always seem significant, but every step forward that we take is still a step in the right direction that is headed for the results that he promised us. Okay, so when we let God work, we get a front row seat to experience uh, growth in us. Uh, man, we experience how God touches others, but also, man, just the goodness of God and his love in this world and in our life. And church, that's what I want for you. I want you to see how God wants to use you, work through you, and be a blessing to so many around you. 
in the same way that he's done in my life in ways that oftentimes it leaves me in awe and in shock because I'm a jacked up, messed up person. And he still say, nah, man, I love you. You're my child. And I'm, I'm going to do some amazing things in your life and through your life. And he's all he's asking is for me to get out the way, to trust him, to follow him and do what he asks. And whenever I do that, whenever you do that, man, it is such an amazing way uh Man, to see the stuff that God will do in your life. It will blow you away for real. So that's what I pray and hope for all of us. I pray that this spoke some encouragement to you. If you're in a season of rebuilding. If you're in a season uh, of, man, just feeling discouraged or disheartened. Uh, man, God is faithful, man. He's not going to take you somewhere that he's going to leave you out to die, man. He's going to make sure that it gets complete. All he's asking is for us to trust him and to follow him in the process. So, Father, I just thank you. Um, that you allow us to join us to join you in work that is beyond us lord uh, we don't deserve that uh, but that's what you do lord you love us beyond what we deserve and you do things in in ways that uh, man it, it blesses those even around us through us and so lord i just pray today that you encourage my brothers and sisters uh man that our consistency with you is going to bring us the ability to hear your voice, to tune to you and not listen to our own thoughts or what this world has to say. And But through this, we gain your sight. We gain your perspective. We gain so much good things that is needed to help us navigate through the journeys that you lead us, Lord. Because, man, you are faithful. You're a good God. You always do what you say. And you're saying, look. That we can depend on you, that we can uh, allow your Holy Spirit to work through us to accomplish what you ask of us. And, and that is a huge thing because we always think that we have to do it within our own strength and ability. And you're saying, no, we get to use yours and depend on you. So, Father, we thank you for that. Help us be obedient in the small things and watch you move in big ways. So, Father, be with my brothers and sisters this week. Uh, may they see you move in mighty ways uh, because they did the things that we talked about today. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church. I love y'all. I pray that all makes sense. I kind of felt like I was scatterbrained, but man, God is faithful. Man, I know the journey isn't always easy, but man, it is always worth it. I pray y'all have a blessed week. We have a men's Bible study every Saturday. Men, if you want to join us, let me know. Be on the lookout for other things we got going on, but I love y'all. Catch y'all later. Bye.